Okay, so let's pick it up from Daf Hey Hey Chesamit Beis. The uh, the Gemara, the Mishnah said that if a woman marries um, based on one witness, and then her husband shows up, so she has to leave both uh, both husbands, and she needs a get from both. So the Gemara, the last thing the Gemara said is, I understand why you need a get from the first husband. Because you're married to the first husband. The second husband you're never married to. So why do you need a get from the second husband? So the Gemara said it's just in order for optics. Because people are going to say, people are going to say, oh, they're going to think she's married, and they think she left him without a divorce. You see, you don't need to divorce a woman. She could just leave, and you're going to have an Ashish. People are going to think an Ashish can just leave her husband without a divorce. So he said, why in the end of the Mishnah, I in the end of the Mishnah, where it said she married based on two people, uh, she can go back to the first husband. L'chorah, she should need uh, a get from the from the second husband. Same th- same concerns. The says she does give a get. I it's machsa She's now remarrying her first husband after divorcing her second. So he said it's a case where they only did kedusha. Okay, but the point is the case of the Mishnah. Um, every case needs a get. So the Gemara says, but that's not true. The Gemara says. Hamid Diktani, save the last two words on the line, on the page. The next page, the Mishnah says, that the Gemara says about the last case, that meaning that in that last case, where she married based on two people, which we're now saying she needs to have a get from the second husband, it says in the Braisa, even if the second husband gives her a get, she's not disqualified, she's not posle meaning she's not considered a divorcee, because the second divorce, is, it's not really needed. Oh, you're telling me that she has to do it, but this Braisa says, if he did it, if the second one gave her a divorce, eh, it's not a real divorce. The implication is definitely that she doesn't have to. It's definitely implied from this Gemara that she doesn't actually have to give a get. It says, if he gives a get, then she's not really considered a divorcee. The implication is that he definitely doesn't have to give her a get. The boy get because if he if he actually has if she has to get a get from the second husband, why isn't she Guna? It says you don't really have to, and if you did, okay. So it's clear that she doesn't have to. So back to the original question is why do we have a get from the first from the from from the second husband in the first case? You say, oh, because it's a bad optic. So what about the second case? You have to get a get in the second case also. That's not clearly not what the Gemara holds. The Gemara says, you're right. You don't actually have to get a get from the second case where she married based on two witnesses. Why? Because it's not a bad optic. I, people are going to think that she left her husband without a divorce. They're going to say, it must be, it was not a really va- valid marriage. The fact that she didn't get a divorce, it must be, it was an invalid marriage from the beginning. It was Kedush Tois. It must be the case was that they got married Based on a stipulation, the stipulation was not met, so it must have not been a real marriage. So why in the first case do you need to get? Meaning, the first case where you got married based on one witness, you need to get from both, because we're worried about optics. But in the case you get married with both witnesses, you don't need to get from both. What's the difference? So the Gemara says, We punish the case where she married based on one witness. It's a penalty. So it's a penalty she has to get a divorce. So the Gemara says, then Why in the end do we not penalize her? The answer is, the answer is in the case where she married based on one witness we have a taina on her because we felt that she should have investigated better so we penalize her that she has to get a get from both in the case of the second case where she married based on two witnesses so Chazal are completely comfortable with what she did so because we're comfortable with what she did we're not going to penalize her and we're going to say you don't need a get okay 
in the case where she has to leave both her husbands, we said, Ein Suva. She doesn't have a ksuva from either husband. Now, I understand why she doesn't have a ksuva from the second one, because she was never married to the second one. Why does she have a ksuva from the, from the first husband? The answer is, my time is to give her a ksuva. What's the whole purpose of a ksuva? The whole purpose of a ksuva is to protect the woman so that it's not easy to divorce her. Meaning, without a ksuva, you could just divorce a woman without any financial penalty. The whole idea of a ksuva is to protect the woman to make it harder to divorce her. In this case, where she committed adultery by living with a second husband, we want them to get divorced, so why, why should she get exuba? The whole purpose of exuba is to make it harder to divorce her. We don't want it to be hard, we want it to be easy to divorce her. Over here, I'll take Kalabin we want to make it easy to divorce her, because we want to make it easy to divorce her, then we actually incentivize the divorce by removing the exuba. Then the Mishnah said that in addition to not having a she doesn't have peris and mezainus and blois. Now, why? Because tonight ksuba dummy, all those concepts are in the ksuba, right? If you say it in the ksuba, it's right, mizunaychi, psipukaychi. Those are those are stipulations in the ksuba. Therefore, because she doesn't have the ksuba, she doesn't have the stipulations of the ksuba as well. Then the Mishnah said she doesn't get a ksuba, and if she took the ksuba without unlawfully, she has to return it. It's Of course, if she took it unlawfully, she has to return it. She's not supposed to get the ksuba. The answer is, Mao, the same, you might think, even the Tassel, you might think that, well, I mean, we don't give her a ksuba, we're not going to take it away from her, meaning we're not going to grant her a ksuba. If she takes it, let it be. Come on, no, we, we make her take it away. Okay. Then the Mishnah said that the child that she has from the second husband is a mamzer, because she's a married woman who had a child. Understood. Then the Mishnah says that if she goes back to the first husband, after divorcing the first husband, if she goes back to the first husband, the child is a mamzer. Now that's a rabbinic mamzer. What's interesting about this, I'll say sort of outside where we're going, the Gemara is going to take a very long detour to discuss the laws of Truma, which will eventually get us to the topic of will Chazal uproot a biblical concept if they feel it's necessary. And it's a Shiloh. Over here, the Gemara's the reason what was this related to this discussion? They're making rabbinically this kid a mamzer. Now, who could a mamzer marry? A mamzeris. A regular Israel is not allowed to marry a mamzeris. By them granting this kid to be a mamzer rabbinically, in other words, they're also allowing him to marry a mamzeris. So they're overriding a biblical prohibition. The question is, do Chazal have that power, and when do they use that power? That's the main point of this Gemara. But before we get to that, we're going to take a very long detour. Tanan Hasim says over there, The halacha is like this. You have fruit, that's tahar. You also have fruit, that's tameh. So you say to yourself, let me do this. Let me take the truma from the tameh fruit. Right? It doesn't have any market value anyway to me. I'll separate the truma. So let's say I have to separate, let's say I have to separate 20 apples for truma. So instead of taking 20 apples from the Tahar apples, I'll take 20 apples from the Tameh apples, which I can't eat anyway, give it to the Kayan, he won't be able to eat it, but it's Truma and it works. So the Allah is, you're not allowed to do that. Vim Taram, and if you did, Bishoigig, if you did it accidentally, Truma, Truma, it works. But the evidence works. Bemazed, if you did it on purpose, Loy Klum, it's not effective. Okay. So if you did it by accident, it works, but if you did it on purpose, it's not effective. Now, what does it mean it's not effective? There's two choices. Either it means it's not effective that you have to, meaning, you have to re-separate truma. 
but the fruit that you separated, those 20 apples that you made truma that were tame, they are considered truma. And it's not effective that it's not effective to help the rest. Or perhaps no, Chazal made it that it's not effective at all. That even the 20 apples that you separated as truma, they're not truma. Chazal like overrode that and said that even though it's considered truma, we're making it not truma anymore. And you'll see why in a moment. The reason being is because they were afraid that if you knew that it worked somewhat, meaning if I tell, if you come to me and say, hey, I separated truma on purpose from tummy apples, and I tell you it worked that the, the apples are truma, but you have to separate truma again because it didn't work for the rest of the pile. What's going to end up happening is you're probably not going to separate truma at all. So therefore, in order to avoid that problem, they just made it that it's not effective at all, that even the apples that you separate as truma are not truma. So it's a machleikah, so what does it mean that it's not effective? Either it's not effective at all, that even the apples that you separate as truma are not truma, or those apples are truma, you just have to retake truma again to work for the rest of the pile. So it's a machleikah. My of leiklum, Rechizda says it's not effective at all, that even the apples that you separated as truma, they're not truma. And Chazal completely overrode this concept. Rav Nassim Bar says no, it works that the apples that you separated truma are truma, it's just not effective regarding the rest of the pile. So you'll have to retake truma for the rest of the pile. But the apples that you separated are truma. So why does Rav Chizda say it's not effective at all? That even the apples that you separate truma are not really truma? So he said, like I said before, Rav Chizda le'yom akrav nasa rav truma, He's afraid that if people hear that it, it, it was effective somewhat, that the apples are truma, you're going to be like, eh, I'm sure it's fine. And you won't actually separate truma for the rest of it. So fine. So there's a machloikas... Uh, if you did it b'shoigig, it's effective. If you did it on purpose, it's, it's not effective, and it's machleig to what extent. So now the Gemara is going to pose a couple questions. is that it's not effective at all Gamri. So the question is, there's a mission that says, Let's say you separate truma, and you find out that the thing that you separated was rancid. You take ten cucumbers, and the cucumbers that you take are bitter, or they're moldy. So the question is, did it work? It's effective, meaning the, the cucumbers, the watermelons that you separated are considered truma, but you have to take another set of truma. But those things that you separated work. So the question is, why by the case of Tame? Did Rav Chizda say that it's not effective at all when he did it on purpose? But when it comes to taking uh, cucumbers that are rancid, everyone agrees it's not, you have to redo it, but they say that, that the cucumbers that you took away are effective. But why? Why, when it comes to tame truma, do we say that it's not effective at all? Because we're afraid that if we say that it's effective, you won't you won't fix it. But when it comes to rancid cucumbers, eh, what you took is truma, you have to do it again. So why over there do we trust that you'll do it again properly? But by tame truma, we think you're not going to do it again properly. So the Gemara answer is very simple. The answer is very simple, and that is... What are you afraid of? Why is it that Rav Chizda holds that, that the apples that you separate as truma are not really truma anymore? We made it not truma because we're afraid if you hear that it's truma, you're not going to do the right thing. I, in the case of the cucumbers where it's moldy, we said that it's effective truma, you just have to redo it. Why do you trust that it'll do the right thing? Because the case of uh, the cucumbers that are moldy, you, didn't, you, you weren't malicious. It was an honest mistake. This case where Rav Chizda is discussing is a person who took away tummy apples for truma on purpose. He's already proven 
to be someone that's against halacha that doesn't care. So if you give him an inch, he'll take a he'll take a foot. So we don't want to say that it's effective at all because we don't trust him. I in the case of cucumbers, do we trust him? Because the case of cucumbers, it was an honest mistake. It was shaygig. So the case of cucumbers is shaygig. Oh, but wait a minute. We said before then the case of tummy apples that if you did shaygig, it works. Legamri, you don't have to do anything at all. But the other is fine. How come over here? We say that uh, that if you did a b'shoi gig, it, it, you have to redo it. So when it comes to tummy apples b'shoi gig, we said it's fine. Over here b'shoi gig, you don't have to do it at all. You, you have to redo it. So do shoi gig, do you have to redo it, or is it effective after the fact? So what's the explanation? The case of the tummy apples, we said that if you did a b'shoi gig, if you separated the tummy apples for the kosher apples, for the tar apples, but the evidence is fine if you did a b'shoi gig. But over here, in the case of the cucumbers, which is shaygig, we said you have to redo it. So, do you have to redo it by or not? So the answer is, The answer is, if it's absolute, there's three categories. There's on purpose, there's absolute shaygig. If you did it absolutely shaygig, no, no no, malicious intent, no, you're not your fault at all, you just didn't know better, that's fine by the evidence. The case of the cucumbers, which is moldy, it's not on purpose, but it's also not shaygig. You, you should have checked. You should feel it, you should have tasted it to make sure that it wasn't moldy. So it's moldy, it's not mazid, but it's not shagig. It's called shagig karvla mazid. So because it's an in-between madrega, we make you redo it. So if it was absolute shagig, like the case of the tame apples, then we'd say but the evidence is fine. But in this case where it's shagig karvla mazid, uh, you have to redo it. So the Gemara continues, Virami mazid amazid. We have one more question about mazid. We said before, hachiktani mazid klum. We said when it comes to tummy apples that if you did it on purpose, it's not effective at all. But Hasam Tanan, but there's a Mishnah in Truma. The Mishnah in Truma says, actually, Mishnah Demai, sorry. If you separate from uh, an unperforated pot on uh, Truma for, for a perforated pot, see if it's perforated, it has a hole in it, then it's considered biblically required to separate Truma. If you have a pot that's that doesn't have a hole, just a potted plant, like on the dining room table, the fruits and vegetables, the fruits, uh, the, the, the truma that's separated from that is only rabbinic. We do not want you to separate from non-perforated, which is rabbinic, for perforated, because we don't want you to take rabbinic truma for biblical requirements of truma. If you did it on purpose, the halacha is truma v'yasavitrim. It's effective, you have to redo it. So how come when it comes to tummy apples that on purpose? It's not effective at all, but over here when it's on purpose... It's effective, but not effective. So what's the answer? The answer is, betray The answer is, because over here, where you're separating apples from perforated, from non-perforated to perforated, it's different batches. We, we trust that if we tell you it wasn't done effectively, you'll, you'll fix it. Mentally, you'll see, okay, it's different batches, fine. In the case of the tummy apples, where it's all in one batch, just some are tummy, some are not, they're maybe not touching, but it's all in one orchard, and if you do it and we tell you it's kind of effective but not effective, you're just gonna be like, I'm sure it's fine. Meaning it's a mental thing. It's a question is do do we think that you'll do we think that you'll redo it? In the case where it's perforated and non-perforated, a person will understand, okay, you can't do non-perforated for perforated, so you'll redo it. In the case of Tummy and Tahar, a person will be like, listen, it's all the same orchard. I, I don't get the difference. And you'll be like, I'm sure it's fine. Okay. So now Rav Nassim Barishio says that Loyasov Lake Klum, Latakan Shirai. Renasim Barishia's shita is, and, and we'll do a little bit more of this, go to the next page, um, a little bit more of this before we get back to our discussion of a mamzer. Renasim Barishia says that if you take on purpose 
tummy apples for non tummy apples, you separate chuma from the tummy for the non tummy. The halacha is It's not effective for the rest of the batch, but what you separated is truma. Have a truma have. So Maishnamad does not go to the next page. Here's the question. What about this emission demai that we just quoted? The end of that Mishnah says, Minanokov al If you separate pro- produce from the perforated pot, which is Dairaiso, and you separate it from there, not to fix that. You know, let's say you have 10 apples perforated, so they're required biblically to separate truma. So you take it, but not for the perforated. You say, listen, I'm going to take one from the perforated to fix non-perforated. So, so what you're doing basically is you're separating truma on a biblical requirement for a rabbinic requirement. We don't like to do that either, because then you're sort of you're sort of using a biblical chiv to just cover a rabbinic chiv, which we're not a fan either of that. Um, because think about it, you're separating truma on a biblical requirement for a rabbinic requirement, so like from the Torah's perspective, what you're doing is you're taking apples that are chayev de raisa, and you're saying, listen, I want this to fix that, and from biblical requirement, there's, there's no problem there. So we don't want it to work either. The halacha is, truma se truma, the halacha is it's effective, but you have to do it again. So the question is, how come over here, when it comes to apples... It's not effective, but over there, um, meaning by the case of apples that are tamay, the halacha is it's not effective at all, and you have to redo it. What you separate is truma, but you have to redo it. In the case of the perforated and non-perforated, the halacha is truma se truma, it's effective. But you have to you have to re-separate truma on biblical requirements in order to make it work. Now, so the question is, when in the case of Tame, we said that you can give the Tame apples to the Kayan and he could use it. Now it's Tame, so he can't eat it, but he could use it for kindling. Why? It should not be effective until you separate more. You see, when it comes to the perforated and non-perforated, we say that it's not effective it's not even considered truma until you separate more. Then you can give it to the kain. But how come over here you can give it to the kain right away, even before you separated more truma? I think that's the question. So the Gemara says. So the Gemara says shani hacha the midraisa truma aliyah The answer is, the case of perforated and non-perforated. The issue is, one's chayev derabonon, one's chayev deraisa. That's the issue. So the Gemara says, why by tame and tahar is it effective? The answer is because when you separate Tame for Tahar, it's it works not only rabbinically, it works Daraisa as well. It's effectively Daraisa. Therefore you can give it to the coin right away. Meaning we were assuming we were assuming up to this point that when you separate Tame apples for Tahar apples, it's biblically not effective. The answer is no, it's effective, midaraisa. It's a rabbinic problem. So fine, so it's considered truma right away. You don't have to separate truma right away to make that what you separated truma. Okay. How do I know that it's effective there? I said, Ravi Loi. Ravi Loi says, How do I know that if you separate in, uh, uh, inferior produce for, for superior produce, like in this case, you separated Tommy for Tahar, how do I know that it's effective there? It says that you should not have a sin when you separate Truma, implying that you could separate Truma and it could be a sin. How could that be? The Pasuk is referring to this situation where you're separating Truma. It's considered a Chet because you're doing the wrong thing, but it works. Okay. So now we've had a, a very long discussion as to 
separating um, as to if you separate truma from from tahar to tame for tahar, the halach is it's not effective. And according to Chizda, not only is it not effective for the regarding the rest of the fruit, Chazal made it that it's not effective at all. They uprooted that even what you separated, even though it's deraisa effective, Chazal made it not truma. So when you separate twenty apples from tame apples for a tahar. Uh, a bushel, what you did worked. The Chazal made according to Chizda that not only is it not working regarding the rest of the apples, it's not working that even what you separate is not true at all. So you see the Chazal are overriding a deraisa. That you Rav Chizda holds that what you did is not effective rabbinically. And not only that, it's not only effective, not effective rabbinically, that they overrode even what you did. The truma that you separated is no longer truma means when you eat those apples, even though it's truma, Chazal made it not truma. My time, because again, Chazal felt they were motivated because they were afraid that if you if we if we allow it to stay truma, people are not going to fix it. Fine, but you see, the Chazal are overriding a biblical concept. Do we find such a case where it's truma? <coughs> And because we're afraid of making a mistake, Chazal made it no longer truma. Will Chazal override a biblical concept? I mean, it's one thing to make it where, like Shev Altasa, like they'll tell you, okay, don't blow Shefer on Shabbos, but this is Kumbase, they're telling you, you could eat this. Like they're overriding a biblical iser. Where do we find such a thing? So, Amr Lay Rav Chizr, Chizr says, Vatli Tizbara. What do you mean? It's our Mishnah, Hatanan. Havlad That in the case of our Mishnah, we make the child that if she remarries the first husband after he comes back, the halach is after she marries based on one witness, then the husband shows up. So she remarries. If she remarries the first husband, the child's a rabbinic mamzer. Now, when it's a rabbinic mamzer, what does that mean? It means that he can't marry a regular person, but seemingly he's allowed to marry a mamzeris. Now, so that means that he's a Yisrael deraisa, but he's allowed. We're allowed. Chazal are allowing him to marry a mamzeris. That's a rabbinic. That's the rabbis overriding a biblical iser. Oh, so you see the Chazal do have that power. So when they made him a rabbinic mamzer, they were seemingly allowing him allowing him to marry a mamzeris. So that's them overriding an Issa der So the Gemara says, no. The truth is, this kid, he's not allowed to marry. They rabbinically made it that he can't marry Yisrael. And the truth is, he can't marry a mamzeris either. He can't marry anybody. The answer is Amrle Hachi Amishmul Asib Mamzeres Chinkasa Ravan Orichan Asib Mamzeres from Akan Mamzel Asib Asisrael. The answer is this kid is not allowed to marry anybody, so we do not have a source. That's a very strange thing. That means that there's no source. The Chazal were lenient at all to override a biblical concept. We don't find such a thing. Okay, attempt number two to find when do Chazal override Isurim Deiraisa. We don't find that Bezdin overrides their ISIS. Of course we do. Okay. The concept is like this. A child, a girl, under the age of Bat Mitzvah, um, obviously, her father has the rights biblically to marry her off. Now, if her father dies, Chazal gave it that the that the rabbinically her brothers and mother can marry her off. Now that marriage is only rabbinic, and therefore under the age of bat mitzvah she could do me and she could uh, annul the marriage. We've had this before. The question is, at what point can the husband, if if let's say she dies, at what point does the husband inherit her uh, her uh, her dowry and her 
her uh, her uh, goods and serve whatever she owns. Meaning, once they're married, it should go to the husband. But this is a rabbinic marriage, and it's a marriage that she couldn't know. Now, if she dies before she annuls it, the question is: Do we say, well, they were married when she died, so the husband should get it, or do we say, no, the husband she could have annulled it? So basically, at one point in the marriage, is it enough? Are we confident enough? That it's a marriage that the husband will inherit her if she dies. So the Gemara says, At what point when a per- will a person be able to inherit the state of his wife who's under the age of Bat Mitzvah? So the Gemara says a couple of opinions. Beshamay says when she becomes Bat Mitzvah, meaning you have to wait till Bat Mitzvah. Beshil Oimrim. Yeah. So. Beis Hillel says, Meshetichnas l'chuppah, when she enters l'chuppah. Meaning, Kedushin is not enough, it's when she has Nesuin. We'll see exactly what this is. Rav Lazar says, when they live together. V'yayisha, and then he can inherit her. Umetamela, and at that point he could contaminate to her if he's a Kayin. V'yichelas beginay truma, and she's eligible to eat truma. Okay, so the question is like this. We'll see why this is relevant in a second. Mishami says, when she becomes bat mitzvah, even without going to the chuppah, because Bishil said chuppah, Bishame said bat mitzvah, when bat mitzvah without a chuppah, the answer is no. Bishame means once she hits bat mitzvah and enters the chuppah, that's that's when that's when um, the marriage is valid enough that he could inherit her. And at that point, Bishamah is saying to Basil, So Basil said, All you need is a chuppah, meaning under the age of bat mitzvah. Bishamah says, No, you need chuppah and bat mitzvah. Rav Lazar is the third opinion. He said, Mishitibo, when they live together. I am Rav Lazar, Aim Isaac Tanaklum. What do you mean? They live together. She's seven years old. That's enough. She's seven years old. The answer is, Aim Mishitagdu Mishitibo. Rav Lazar holds that she has to become bat mitzvah and then they live together. So according to Bishamah, you need bat mitzvah and chuppah. According to Basil, you just need chuppah. And according to Rav Lazar, you need uh, adulthood and, and bia. So Katani Mias, you see over here though, that once you're no longer concerned for Mion, the marriage is valid, and now he could inherit her estate. Even though this entire marriage is only rabbinic. Let's go with Beis Hill Shita, right? Beis Hill holds that at what point can he inherit her when she enters the Chuppah, even under the age of Bat Mitzvah, which means it's a rabbinic marriage, but Chazal are saying once you're confident she's not going to annul the marriage, then he can inherit her. Now, who biblically should inherit her? Not the husband. It should go to her, I guess, her brothers or her grandfather, if her grandfather's alive. But yet, Chazal gave it, they overrode that biblical concept and gave it to the husband. So you see, the Chazal have the right to override their Isa in order to, um, it, it, the Chazal have the right to uh, have the ability and power to override their Isa. So the Gemara says, so that's not so that's not a proof, meaning for Kol Terakula, why? Hefker, Bezin, Hefker. When it comes to money, Chazal have the right to, to, to basically, when it comes to property and, and finance, Chazal have the right to take property from you. It's not a proof regarding other concepts. We still don't have a proof that Chazal will override their rices. That's just when it comes to Hefker, Bez, and Hefker, that Chazal have the right to basically make the property ownerless. So the fact that they can give the property from her inheritors biblically to the husband, that's not a proof that they would do that for other things. Hefker, Bez, and Hefker, Dom, Rabbi Yitzchak, Menayish, Hefker, Bez, and Hefker, how do I know that Chazal have the right to make things ownerless? 
שנאמר בכל אשר לא יבוא לשוי שיום בעצה ססר ואזכנים, יחם כל רכושה ויבדו מכל הגוילו. The Pesach says that whoever, this is Ezra who said, whoever uh, does not separate from their non-Jewish wives, their property is lost. You see, Chazal have the right to, 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 to they're in charge of financial properties, but it's not a proof for other things. Rav Lozer Mehacha, another source that Chazal have the right to override properties, because it says, Eilu hanachles asher nichlu elazar hakoim Yeshua benun v'roshe avis l'matis b'nei Yisrael. These are inheritance that were uh, that were given over by Elazar and Yeshua ben Nun, and the heads of the of, of the Shvatim. The Chima Indian Rashi Meitzel What does the pasuk say? The heads. Um, it says the heads of the heads of the of the Shvatim and the fathers of Shvatim. Why do you say heads? So tell you just like the 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 fathers are in charge of inheritance biblically, so to the heads of the of the Shvatim, i.e. the Rabbanim, have the right to override inheritance because Hefker, Bezdin, Hefker. So the Gemara has one more attempt. Uh, maybe two more attempts. The Gemara's attempt that to find the source the Chazal will override Daraisas is that it said that once this marriage, they're confident that she's not going to annul the marriage, and then she dies, the husband, who's a Kayan, can go to her funeral. Now, Biblically, this is not a marriage, and yet Chazal allowed the husband to go to the funeral. So that's allowing him to do an Issa Daraisa, so that's Chazal overriding a deraisa because they're not biblically married, and Chazal allowed her, him to go to the funeral. Chazal allowed the husband, even though it's not a biblical marriage, to to go to her funeral. So it must be the Chazal overrode a deraisa. The answer is no. The reason why Chazal allowed it is because it's a meis mitzvah, meaning. It's not a source that Chazal will override the rices. The reason why Chazal allowed the husband to go is because Mace Mitzvah. If he doesn't go, who's going to take care of her? She's a Mace Mitzvah. She's, she's got no one to bury her. So that's why it's allowed. And a coin's allowed to go to a Mace Mitzvah. So Gemara says, What makes this a Mace Mitzvah? Miyav Mace Mitzvah. Atanya is a Mace Mitzvah. Kol she'en le'koivrim. Koiv achem oin le'en ze Mace Mitzvah. Isn't a Mace Mitzvah where there's no one to bury her? So why are you assuming in this case there's no one to bury her? The answer is, Over here, because the husband's not inheriting her, he's not going to go. Meaning the truth is, in this scenario, in this situation, because she doesn't have a father, and the inheritance goes to the husband, so the brothers are not interested in helping her, the truth is, if the husband doesn't go, no one's going to do it because she doesn't have a family. Because the only family members she has aren't getting her inheritance, and if they're not going to go to her funeral for whatever reason, so therefore she's considered a mace mitzvah. Go to the next page. We'll end with this: Aicheles begin a truma that we allow this woman to eat uh, at her husband's house, and she's allowed to eat truma if her husband's a kohen. Oh, so she's not really biblically married, and yet we're allowing her if she's a basi to eat truma. That's a source that Chazal will override a deraisa because this is only a rabbinic marriage, and we're allowing her to eat truma. The answer. This is talking about truma de rabbanon, like a like produce grown in a non-perforated uh, pot. So therefore, because it's only rabbinic truma, Chazal were lenient, but they would not be lenient by biblical, and we still don't have a source of Chazal allowing one to override a deraisa. I will stop here.